0: Hello, and welcome to episode 19 of the Metal Chat Podcast. My name is Melissa, and I'm coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm here with my trusty co-host, Maeve Kitty. This week's episode got a little bit out of hand, so the backstory is... I was talking to somebody about an idea that I had to do an episode about all the great albums that came out in 1983. I thought this would be just a one and done. But when I started to do the research and pulled out all my albums and everything and really got into it, I realized there was so many great albums that came out this year. So then I decided I was going to split it up six months episode and then six months the next episode. And as I started to put this together, I realized <laughs> there was a lot of stuff and I have a lot to say about albums that came out that year, the tours that I saw. So I think that this has turned into, dare I say, an arc that I will just need to be revisiting over and over and over again until we get through the year because there's so many good albums that I want to talk about. So I'm going to try to do three month Although I have to tell you, when we get to May, May might be an entire episode on its own because so much good stuff came out in May. May was a really, really good month for metal in 1983. The reason why I picked 1983 is because today is May 22nd. And it is the 38th anniversary of my graduating high school. So as I'm reminiscing about my youth, it obviously includes the music of the day. And there was so much good stuff in 83. You know, a lot of people, when they're talking about best years in metal, they talk about 1970, 1980, 1983, 1986. And there's a reason for that, obviously. Because so many amazing albums, groundbreaking albums, classic albums came out that year and new albums by brand new bands came out that year and we'll get all into it and everything. So so much stuff happened that year. The other really great thing about revisiting 1983 is it sort of reminds me of that song 18 by Alice Cooper that did not come out in 1983. It's a year I graduated high school, so it's that whole year of you embarking on adulthood, right? You're graduating, you're going to maybe go on to university, or you're going to go get a job, you're going to get a full-time job, I should say. You know, maybe move out of your house. Some people get married, some people have kids. A lot of stuff happens right after you graduate high school. and right? You've got you know, plans for the future, you join the military, and it's like embarking on adulthood, but you're still a kid, you're still a teenager. I was 17 when I graduated high school. So I wasn't old enough to get into the bars, although I was lucky enough to have an older friend who was very good at talking my way into an 18-plus show. But for the most part, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't going to bars and, and that kind of stuff. I was living in Florida at the time. I was hanging out a lot at the beach, went to a lot of shows, went to a lot of parties. We had these tennis courts near where I lived, and we would hang out there and drink and smoke weed and... Listen to the radio and listen to cassettes and, and that's what you did, right? Back then. The first part of this year that I'm going to talk about, the first, first half is my last semester of high school. That's a very exciting time, a very fun time, um, a challenging time if you're taking SATs and you're trying to get into a university and all of that stuff. And then, of course, it's it's the summer after you graduate, right? And you're just partying all summer. Obviously, that's what I was doing. And then you're getting ready for the fall. And then the fall comes. And for me, I went to school. I went to college. So that's what 83 is for me. It's those sort of those three parts. That's what I'm going to try to convey to you guys what it was like to be a teenager in 1983, and what I was listening to in real time, and the shows that I was seeing in real time. But before we get started, as always, I want to thank everyone for their continued support. It is much appreciated. And we're creeping up on 20 episodes, so that's pretty exciting stuff. With all of that being said, we're on to episode 19. Nineteen eighty-three. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> my To destroy. Fire away! fire away, fire away. It's just the hero with blood in his eyes, the scars on his mind, the soul in his eyes. That was Die Hard the Hunter from the band Def Leppard. Their album, Pyromania, came out early in January of 83, and it was a huge album. It was very, very popular. Tons of airplay, tons of play on MTV. The video for a Photograph was pretty much on rotation every five minutes. My favorite song off the album is Die Hard the Hunter and Coming Under Fire. Coming Under Fire was actually a hit song. Very popular band. This is sort of their bridge album. It's the album between their New Wave of British Heavy Metal days, the first two albums, and then what they were going to become by the time they get to Hysteria. And Adrenalizing, and for me, I didn't dislike Hysteria you But the wheels started to come off for me. I really prefer the older stuff. And I really do like Pyromania, even though it is commercial. But I think it was their last great album, as far as I'm concerned. I saw this tour in May. Matter of fact, 38 years ago today. They actually played in my area the day that I graduated high school. So I obviously didn't go to that show. But two days later, I did uh, make the pilgrimage, if you will, down to Fort Myers, about an hour south of where I was living. And we checked out the show down there. There were three bands. Crocus was there. By this time, their album Headhunter was out. Huge album for them. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. And the band John Butcher Axis, which you may not be familiar with. They're actually a Boston band. Well, oh, he's from Boston anyway. John Butcher's from Boston. And I was familiar with him because late 70s, early 80s, he got some airplay on our local radio station WBCN and he used to play around the bars and things like that. So I was, I was uh, familiar with him. This particular album that came out in 83 was more poppy, with some synth on there. It's not really my jam. He had a video on MTV, I think it was called Life Takes a Life. You know, it's alright. It's like 80s pop rock. I prefer more of his bluesy stuff. He is a really, really talented guitarist. The guitar work is solid on this album. It's just not really my jam. Another band that released an album in January is the Canadian band Exciter. And you are about to hear the song Stand Up and Fight. When Exciter comes onto the scene, it's kind of a game changer, right? I kind of knew who they were. They were on this compilation that I was somewhat familiar with, but I really didn't know who they were. I didn't even really know they were Canadian. They're from Ottawa, by the way. Anyway, they come onto the scene, and they do this hybrid of the new wave of British heavy metal and speed metal, which was becoming the genre of thrash, right? This is the beginnings of thrash metal. They do this really great job of marrying the two. If you are somebody who's maybe not a huge fan of thrash, and you really like Mwabam or traditional metal, you're thinking about trying out a little thrash I highly recommend Exciter this album has all of those influences you have some Sabbath you have some new wave of British heavy metal you have some speed metal the song you just heard Stand Up and Fight sounds like it could be a Slayer song right definitely has that Bay Area thrash thing going on and when we heard that song then we were just like blown away we couldn't believe how great it was this is you know this is before you know really Metallica and Slayer are out there this is kind of like the first North American in thrash that we hear, or proper thrash I should say, right? Because there were some bands in the new wave of British heavy metal that were also doing the speed metal thing that would become thrash. They also have songs that are doomy. The song Holocaust, for example, opens up with some atmosphere and then it kicks in and it's very doomy it's very Sabbathy. They've often said that they were influenced by Sabbath and you can definitely tell on that song that they have Sabbath influences. And then the song that I am going to play for you, which is called Under Attack, is very new wave of British heavy metal it reminds me of like an iron maiden song off the first album February was kind of a lean month as far as metal releases. Most notably, Journey released the Frontiers album, which is a good album. I own that album, but it's, you know, mellow. It had the two huge hits, separate ways, and faithfully, big ballads off that album. And, uh, that, you know, that album was extremely successful. Got a lot of airplay, and a lot of MTV airplay. For me, the highlight of February was, of course, seeing the Speak of the Devil or where Ozzy came and did his Black Sabbath or his Black Sabbath songs. And the thing about this, well there's a couple of things that happened. Uh you've got uh J.K. Lee playing guitar, which was amazing. The other thing is that at this time I had seen Black Sabbath with Dia and I'd seen Ozzy as Ozzy. But I had never seen Ozzy with Sabbath. And I was thinking that maybe that was never ever gonna happen. Of course I did later on in life, but at the time I was thinking this is probably the closest I'm gonna get to seeing Sing the songs that made him famous, that put Black Sabbath on the map, that turned me on to Black Sabbath live. This is my only chance to see him do this, and it was an amazing show. It was a lot of fun. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm actually going to wrap it up here. This 15-minute episode has been a three-day horror show. I spilled my coffee. I lost a part of a recording. It's just been one mishap after another. And then I was going to put on a song from Speak of the Devil and realized I have the album and it's not on my computer. And I do have a turntable that I can hook up to my computer and put my albums on my computer, but I haven't done that yet. So I got to do that. So then I was going to put on Ozzy doing a Black Sabbath song from the tribute album, and then I scrapped that idea. So you got some faithfully from February of 1983. So that's it. Hopefully, next episode will not be so challenging. Until then, be well.